All right. Yeah, come on. That, was, that wasn't good. Let's go. Come on, John. Way to go, buddy. Yeah. It's so good to be back tonight. Uh, when I don't get to preach for a couple weeks, I get really fired up. So just be ready. We'll see what happens. But if you're new, I'm so glad you're here. As the video said, as Casey said, uh, we pray that you would just feel at home in this place. And, and not only that, we pray that you would encounter God tonight. We just pray that you would encounter his love and his power and know that he's real and he cares about you, all right? So that's our prayer for you. If I haven't met you yet, I would love to meet you after service. If I'm honest with you guys, one of my greatest struggles throughout my life is learning how to manage my fear and how to overcome it. Fear has paralyzed me so many different times in my life. And, and, and one of my earliest struggles with fear was a fear of public speaking. I was deathly afraid of it, so scared of it. I can't even explain how scared I was of public speaking. So in elementary school, I was not afraid because you don't care what people think about you in elementary school for the most part. Like I would read in class all the time. I'd raise my hand all the time. But then when I got to middle school and started going through puberty and started realizing that people noticed me and were looking at me, I started to get so nervous about talking in front of people. I thought that if I talked in front of a group of people and I sounded stupid, that would be the worst thing in the world. So I went from being a kid who was super extroverted, a kid who was always talking in class, to being a kid who sat in the back corner and never raised his hand, never talked out loud because I was so afraid of what people might think if I sounded dumb. And in eighth grade, we did a speech. And, and for me, I remember that I was so nervous that I almost had a panic attack before. And by the time I got up there, I was literally like shaking like this. I was so nervous. And I talked as fast as I could. Like literally the fastest you could possibly talk. That's how fast I talked. Like seriously like that. I'm not even kidding you. People were laughing at me at the end. See, when you get nervous and you're afraid, you actually look dumber most of the time. But, but then when I got to high school, before I started partying and all that stuff. I've told you guys that story. But before that, I started to feel a call to ministry. But the problem was I thought that if I was going to go into ministry, then I needed to figure out how to speak in front of people because that's what people do in ministry, right? That's not always true, okay? So I want to just kind of dismantle that. You don't have to give sermons to be in ministry. But for me, that's what God was calling me to. And my pastor began to speak life over me. And he began to say that if God wants you to be a preacher, he will help you preach. So at 15 years old, I got up on a Sunday night with 10 people in the room, and I preached my first sermon. And I was scared, but there was something different about this kind of speech, this kind of preaching or, or sharing God's word, where he just empowered me beyond what I had ever experienced. In class, I would be so nervous, but then when I got in the pulpit, God would just empower me to speak with confidence and clarity. And I still have that sermon, so if you want to hear it, it's like eight minutes long. I'll share it with you. Uh, once in a while, I'll show people when they're riding in the car with me. It's pretty funny. But I even added like an intro thing to the sermon. I'm like, hello, this is Daniel Quimby. Thank you for, for listening to this audio of my sermon. But uh, so anyways, so now I've preached over 150 sermons in my life, and it's one of the things I feel most called to do. I learned something important through that experience of having a fear in my face and overcoming it. I learned that if Jesus is with you, you have nothing to fear. And the thing is, everything's not going to be easy, right? Everything's not going to go perfect for you. But if you have Jesus Christ, then there's nothing to fear because he has you. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not, dis or be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. If we're honest with ourselves, fear consumes 
or consumes much of our thought life and actually drives much of our decision-making and much of what we do. We fear not having enough resources, so we hoard our money and fail to share it with others when God calls us to. We fear rejection, so we don't talk to our friends about Jesus. We fear that our paper won't get done, so we think skipping church or Chi Alpha is the right thing to do that day. And we fear that our futures won't work out the way that we want them to, so we don't pursue the career that God is calling us to pursue. Don't get me wrong, it's, it's good to be wise, right? I advocate wisdom, I advocate praying through things, thinking about what you do, and making good decisions, but part of following Jesus is learning to say no to fear and yes to him. And we have to refuse to let fear drive our decision-making or to prevent us from doing what God has asked us to do. And this is only possible because 2,000 years ago, Jesus came to earth and he made eternal life possible. And now if we trust him, we have no reason to fear because he's removed the greatest fear of all, which is death in life without God. And now because there's, there's nothing the world can do to us when you think about it, right? Because if you die, you're with God, right? So there's nothing really that the world can do to us. Because of that, now we can start making decisions that are based upon God's will and not based upon our fears. We can start making decisions based upon faith instead of what might happen if we do what God asks us to do. We can do this because we know that Jesus has us. So with this said, we're continuing, we're continuing our Christmas series tonight called Arrival. And the whole idea of this series is that when Jesus came to earth, he changed everything. And just as he changed everything when he came to earth, when he comes inside of your life and inside of your heart, he changes your inner world. He, he switches things around. So last week we talked about how because Jesus came to earth and because he lives inside of us if we're Christians, he now leads us like a good shepherd and we're not on our own. He's guiding us. Now this week we want to talk about how when Jesus comes into our hearts, he helps us overcome fear. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 4. That's where we're going to hang out tonight. And Mark is one of the four Gospels, which are the stories of Jesus' life and ministry. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four books of the, of the New Testament. And Mark was actually the first Gospel written. It was written about 27 years after Jesus left earth. It's actually the shortest Gospel. Okay, so while Matthew and Luke tell us about how Jesus was born, and John talks about how Jesus created the world, Mark skips all that, says, let's get to the good stuff. He starts right with Jesus' ministry. In the first three chapters, Jesus begins his ministry. He, he calls his disciples to follow him, and he begins preaching, teaching, and healing, and, and turning the world upside down. But then in chapter 4, the disciples start to get worried. They have a scary situation. There's a scary night out on the sea, and they wonder, is this Jesus who's been healing people and preaching this good news? Can he save us from this storm that we're in? Okay, so let's read this passage, and let's see what it tells us about fear. It's, it's Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 40. It says, On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Have, have you ever asked Jesus that question before? Jesus, do you not care what's going on in my life? Do you not care that we're perishing? I'm getting an F in this class. Do you not care? And Jesus is like, did you study? You're like, no, I was at Kyle all the time. I'm kidding. But uh, you should study. Verse 39, 
And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? All right, let's pray over this, and we'll see what the Lord has for us. So Jesus, we thank you for tonight. I thank you for the Feed One offering. I thank you for Winter Conference coming up, for all the students being back from their break. And God, I pray that you just speak to us tonight. God, I pray that this would not be my words. God, I pray that this sermon would not be lofty speech of wisdom or, or my own ideas, but instead I pray that it would be a demonstration of your Spirit's power tonight. So Jesus, we pray that you'd speak and that you'd speak to each and every heart in the way that they need to be spoken to. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so the first point tonight is this, is we should not fear. You're like, oh, wow, that's really good. That's really wise. Um, if, you're a follower, or if you're a follower of Jesus, you know intellectually that you should not fear, right? If you're a human being, you probably know I should not fear. Being a Christian is all about trust. It starts, the Christian life starts with trusting Jesus to save you from hell. It starts by saying, I'm no longer going to be the master of my life, but instead I'm going to trust in Jesus to save me. I'm going to put my faith in him. I'm going to let him handle my life. I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to worry, but I'm going to put my life in someone else's hands. I'm going to put my faith in someone I can't see and count on him to work out my life for my good and his glory. Okay, so Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, and the conviction of things not seen. So faith is trusting even when you can't see, which is what it really means to follow Jesus. You're praying to someone you can't see who did something that you didn't see happen 2,000 years ago to save you from hell. That takes a lot of faith. That takes a lot of trust. But fear, on the other hand, is face opposite. It's worrying about things that probably won't even happen. That's what fear is most of the time. One writer for Forbes magazine said, fear is false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. Now, sometimes our fear is about real things, right? There, there are some things that are actually we should fear, right? Like if someone's, or if you're driving and someone's or driving at you and going to crash into you, you should be afraid of that, right? So I'm not saying that, that fear is not a legit thing, but a lot of times fear is a product of our imagination. So one doctor said this, one psychologist said, I said, we get scared because of what we imagine could happen. And some neuroscientists claim that humans are the most fearful creatures on the planet because of our ability to learn, think, and create fear in our minds. So a lot of times, or a lot of times we fear when there's nothing to be afraid of. We're making things up in our mind. We're overthinking things and playing out all these scenarios that probably are not going to happen. Jesus invites us to stop fearing products of our imagination and start trusting in him, the one who created our imaginations. Jesus invites us to trust him. He invites us to stop even fearing the most real threats and trust in him, the one who took, or who took away the biggest threat of all, which is death and separation from God. In our passage tonight, Jesus rebukes the disciples for being afraid when the storm started raging. In verse 40, it says, it says why are you... So afraid, have you still no faith? I picture Jesus being kind of frustrated here. Okay, he's healing people. He's turning the world upside down, and then there's a little storm. Well, it's not a little storm. It's like a frozen storm. You know, like frozen one when they're in the storm and the parents are dying. Uh, it's like that kind of storm. Water's coming in the sea. But Jesus is like, come on. Like, you've seen me. I'm turning the world upside down. I'm healing people who have been sick forever, 
and now you don't trust me to calm this storm? He's frustrated here. He's saying, are you not paying attention to what's happening around you? I am the king of the universe. My arrival in your life is are supposed to lead to you living a life of robust faith. That's what it's supposed to lead to because I have you. It's not supposed to be a life of freaking out about every possible thing that could happen, but instead a rock-solid faith that says Jesus is able and Jesus is good. If Jesus is able and Jesus is good, then we have nothing to fear, right? He has our best interest in mind, and he can do something about even the worst situations. That's what Jesus invites us into. But the question is, why did the disciples fear even though they had Jesus sitting right there. Well, that's the second point tonight. We fear because we don't trust him. That's why we fear. Our fears are rooted in not trusting Jesus and not trusting that he has good intentions for our lives or not trusting that he can order our lives for our good and his glory. These disciples feared because they did not trust him. They knew he was there. And they even knew that he was powerful, but they weren't confident yet that he was good enough to come through on their behalf, that he had good intentions for them. They didn't have the history with him yet, because they were only following him at this point for a few months, and they didn't have the history with him yet to know that Jesus comes through on his promises, that Jesus is good, that he was for them. Fear is hardwired in our brains. It's a part of being human. Fear is hardwired. There are actually networks in our brains that if they're chemically or electrically stimulated will cause us to have a feeling of fear. And while many fears are learned, some are instinctual, right? So we fear pain because, because God doesn't want us to invite pain, right? Because pain, like, can hurt you, okay? So if someone, like, wants to take a hammer and hit you in the leg, like, God's put fear in our brain to say, hey, that's a bad idea. Don't let them hit you with a hammer in your leg. That will hurt, and that will lead to having a broken leg, right? So there's some fears that are instinctual, but there's also fears that are learned. And and, and a lot of this is driven by our society. So our society says that the number one most important thing in your life is your comfort and your happiness. Society says that self-preservation is the most important thing. Self is the most important thing. Pursuing your dreams should be your top priority. We're told that our life should be about how comfortable we can be, how much money we can make, and how successful we can be. The world tells us that taking care of ourselves is the number one important thing. And there's actually a survey done by the Independent in the UK, and they asked the question, what are the main things you worry about? What's the thing you worry about the most? And they had a, a list of a bunch, but I just put the top 10 up there. So we can put them up there quick. So the first thing was getting old. Like that was the number one fear. Okay, the second fear was savings or financial future. The third fear was low energy. I don't, I don't know if you guys think about that, but low energy. The fourth thing was diet. The fifth thing was credit card debt. Sixth thing was Job security, seventh thing was wrinkles. I'm starting to worry about that. I'm 26, getting wrinkly. No, I'm kidding. Eighth thing was physique. The ninth thing was paying rent. And the tenth thing was unhappiness. There was also one that was about how well you dress. Like, I'm afraid that I won't dress well enough. I thought that was strange. But at the root of most of these concerns is self-preservation. It's taking care of number one. It's being comfortable. It's looking good to those around you. We don't want to get old. We don't want to have a load of debt. We don't want to be fat. We want job security. We want to be protective or, or protected. Our greatest fears are all about self. You know this, there's no fear in here that said, I'm really worried that if we don't give to feed one, children aren't going to be fed. All right? that, that's not a fear. People aren't worried about other people like that. They're worried about them. And that's not, like, I'm not talking about them out there. I'm talking about us, right? This is us. This is what we're worried about. I think about myself more than I think about anyone else. 
When I pray, most of my prayers are about myself. I'm going to be honest with you. My journals, it's about myself most of the time. Just being real with you guys. That's our number one priority most of the time is ourselves. And the only way we can be set free from fear is, is obviously trusting Jesus, as I'm saying, but also if we stop thinking about self all the time. We start worrying about loving God and loving people, all of a sudden fear starts to kind of go away because our number one priority is pleasing God and pleasing people. It's not about protecting ourselves, okay? But the thing about this list is most of these things, they seem superficial, right? We can look at it and kind of judge and be like, oh, these are, these are superficial fears. But if you don't have Jesus, they're kind of reasonable, right? Because this life is all you got, and you have to protect you because no one else is going to protect you. There's no one in heaven protecting you if you don't believe in Jesus. There's no eternal life. There's no life after death if you don't trust in Jesus. So these fears are legit. If you don't have Christ, yeah, you should be worried about these things. But if you have Jesus, if you trust in him, you can trust that he's going to take care of your life. You don't need to worry about these things. He'll take care of them. So one of the things I often fear is the lack of financial securities. I think that's like the second thing on this list. And what makes this harder for me is I live off of the financial gifts of family and friends and churches who believe in Chi Alpha, right? So I got to trust that people will go online, type in an amount of money to give to my account every month, not my account, but my ministry account, so that I can feed my family and pay my debt and do all those things, right? So I have to trust in other people to do this. And sometimes I start to worry. I start thinking, okay, Lord, what if like a bunch of people stop supporting me all in one month? Like, oh my gosh, Lord. Or what if the number one giver we have just, just quit? Like what would happen? And I start to think these thoughts and and one thing I realize is when I start to ask these questions, it shows that there's something going on in my heart that's not good. It's showing that I'm not trusting Jesus. It's not like these fears most of the time are not legit. Like every time I've worried about people dropping our support and stuff, it never happens. It's usually when I'm not thinking about it that it happens. But, but the point is, it shows that there's something going on in my heart when I'm thinking about all these thoughts. Like when I'm worrying about all these things, when I'm fearing all these things, it shows that I am not trusting in Jesus. I'm either not trusting that he can take care of my needs or I'm not trusting that he will take care of my needs. It's either I'm not trusting that he's all powerful, that he can, or that he's not all loving, that he will. So tonight I want to encourage you, if there's some fears you got, especially if they're irrational fears, I encourage you to go deeper. Don't just look at the fear. Look deeper and say, is there a problem in my heart? Is there a problem of not trusting that Jesus is all powerful or Jesus is all-loving? Because he is both of those things. And if he is all-powerful and all-loving, he can take care of your life. So 1 John 4.18 says, There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So look at that. When I start fearing, I'm like, oh, poop. I'm not perfected in love this month. I'm not feeling very good this month. I'm not sitting in the love of God. If you're fearing, you're not perfected in love. You're not... Like really walking in the intimacy that Jesus wants you to walk in with him. Our worries and our fears are often indicators that we're forgetting that God loves us and he's for us because his love is supposed to drive out fear. So tonight, if you're full of fear, you're probably not trusting God. But if you're full of faith and trust, it shows that your relationship with God and his love is settling in your heart, and that's a beautiful thing. All right, so the key to getting free of fear is to start trusting Jesus. And the only way we can trust him is if we're confident that he's both powerful and good, which I've been talking about that. So the third and final point tonight is, is we can overcome fear by trusting in Jesus' power and his goodness. Okay, both of these things. Not just that he can, but that he will or that he wants to. Okay, so if Jesus had not been in the boat, his disciples would have been out of luck. 
they would not have had a chance of surviving. They would have been like the Frozen parents. What are their names? King and Queen? I don't know, but I just watched the movie last week. But, but uh, <laughs> if Jesus was not sleeping in the boat, yeah, that ship was going down, and they had reason to fear because there wouldn't have been anyone to calm the storm. But in verse 39, it says, And he awoke, and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. So I just picture that happening all around this room tonight. There are storms in your life, and I picture Jesus standing up and saying, Peace, be still. There being a calmness that settles in your heart. That's what I'm praying for tonight. Verse 27 of Matthew chapter 8, it's the same story, just told a little bit differently. They say this. They say, and the, men, or and the men marveled, saying, what sort of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Okay, so the, the disciples had someone in their boat who the winds and seas obeyed. They had a God-man full of power sitting in their boat. That's why they didn't have a reason to fear. Jesus was in the boat. Okay, and if you're a follower of Christ, his Holy Spirit lives inside of you. He's not just sitting in the boat next to you. He's inside of you. If he's inside of you, you can say, I got someone in here who the wind and the seas obey. I got someone who can take care of even the worst situations. If we want to overcome fear, we have to see that Jesus is sitting in the boat of our lives. And if you haven't invited Jesus into your heart yet, I pray that you would invite him in. And when he comes in, his presence And his power is supposed to drive out fear and shame and anything that's not of God. It's supposed to drive those things out. Perfect love casts out fear. So when the Holy Spirit, when Jesus comes inside of your heart, it's supposed to drive those things out. So again, if there's some fear in your heart tonight, I pray that you come to Jesus and say, all right, Jesus, I need more of your love in my heart so I can drive out this fear. Without relationship with Jesus, we have so many reasons to fear. Our lives will rise and fall on our ability to keep them straight. And we're not that powerful, okay? So if we don't have Jesus, yeah, we should be afraid. But if we have Jesus, we have someone who can calm a storm at the sound of his voice. So overcoming fear starts with inviting Jesus into your heart, but it doesn't stop there, okay? It doesn't stop there. It's not just having Jesus in your heart. For the disciples, even though they had Jesus in their lives sitting right next to them, they still feared And why did they fear? They feared because although they knew he was powerful, they did not know that he was good yet. The disciples struggled to trust Jesus even though they could see him with their own two eyes. Like, I think some of you tonight are saying, if I saw the things that Jesus was doing in in Mark chapter one through three, I would not have feared. But the disciples saw it and they still feared. It's because they did not know that he was good yet. They did not trust him. It says again in verse 38, it says, but he was in the stern asleep on the cushion and they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Even with Jesus sitting right there, they questioned his intentions for them. They said, why do you not care? They thought that they would need to take care of themselves and that Jesus would not come through. So like the disciples tonight, maybe you're wondering, Jesus, do you really have my best interests in mind? Do you really care about me? If we're going to overcome fear, we have to know that he's real and he's powerful enough to change our situations, but we also have to know that he cares. Not, this, or not just that he can do something about your situation, but that he cares enough to do something about it. 
First Peter 5, 7 says, casting all of your anxieties on him because he cares for you. It's telling us to cast our anxieties on Jesus because he cares for you. So I think there's really two questions you have to answer tonight. The first is, do you know that Jesus is all-powerful and that he's able to do something about the situations in your life? And two, do you trust that he cares for you, that he has good intentions for you? If you do, that's the first step to driving out fear. In 2017, Emily and I visited Manhattan, and during that season, I was struggling with a bad, or bad bout of fear. It seems to happen every few years. Fear just starts to have its way in my life, and it was just a bad season for me. I struggled with some anxiety, some fear, and, and yeah, it was just getting really bad that first day we got there. But we went to church that night at Hillsong, New York City. If you, if you heard of Hillsong, um, we sang one of their songs tonight. And actually, one of the guys who wrote the song tonight was on the platform talking. And he said, or he shared 1 Peter 5, 7, that, that verse I just shared. And he said, tonight there's someone in here who has anxiety pretty bad. And Jesus just wants to give you peace like a river. And it was just like, boom, in that moment, I knew not just that Jesus was there. Because I know that Jesus is there, right? I have a relationship with him. But I knew that he was good and that he cared about me because he told a guy who I've looked up to for a long time to share a verse from a platform in a room of a couple thousand people, a verse that I needed to hear. And then the next day, it was the verse of the day on the Bible app, okay? So it was just like a double whammy for me. But it was Jesus telling me, hey, you can cast your anxieties on me because I care for you. And I thank God that he did that because I would not have enjoyed that trip if I had been fearful the whole time. But, and I wasn't fearful of New York. It wasn't like I was freaking out about New York. It was other things in my head. But but point is, I wouldn't have been able to enjoy it if Joel hadn't shared that that night. And I'm so thankful for that. And it shows that, that God is not only powerful, but, but he's good. And he has good intentions for you. He wants you to cast your anxieties upon him because he cares for you. In Matthew 6, we did a sermon on it at the beginning of the year. But it talks about how Jesus feeds the birds of the air. He clothes the lilies. He takes care of the earth. If he can take care of all the things going on in the world, he can take care of you. He cares about you. You don't need to fear. There's another passage in Luke chapter 12 that says, fear not for the hairs on your head are numbered. Like God knows all the hairs on your head. If he knows all the hairs on your head and he cares about that, he can take care of your life. So tonight, I'm just praying that, that there would be something that happens, and it has to be supernatural, where, where we just have a revelation of not only the power of God, but the love of God. If we can have a, just a revelation of that tonight, to, or to not just know it in our heads intellectually, like, yeah, he's all powerful. Yeah, God can do it. Or yeah, yeah, he loves me. He died for me. No, but like, like seriously, understand deep in our bellies that God is powerful. He can do anything. Nothing's off limits for him. And also he loves me so much that he gave his own son to die on the cross for me. And if he did that, then he's going to take care of me. Then he cares about all the things going on in my life. And if we can have power and love come into our hearts, and if we can understand God's power and love, I'm telling you, Jesus is going to set us free from fear. And if we can get a generation of people set free from fear, I'm just saying, like hell has no hold on this campus. Because a lot of times Christians don't do what they're called to do because they're afraid. And if God could raise up a generation of disciples who are not afraid and instead they walk in boldness and power and they're full of the Holy Spirit, I'm just saying the kingdom is going to come at you and I and Hawkeye, for those Hawkeye students, as it is in heaven. I'm believing for that tonight. Okay, so the main idea tonight is this. In the presence of Jesus, there's no reason to fear. In the presence of Jesus, there's no reason to fear. 
And this isn't just like a, like a cliche saying, like this is legit. It, in the presence of Jesus, the all-powerful, the all-loving one, there's no reason to fear. So right now, I want you to think about those fears that you have. I got fears. I got a list of about 12 of them I can think about right now. So think about those fears in your heart. And put them before Jesus and say, I'm putting these things in your presence and I'm trusting that you can take care of these things and you want to take care of these things. God, you care about me. You love me. I believe that a lot of us came in here tonight and fear is just having its way in our hearts. Fear is consuming your thoughts. It's it's stealing your joy. And it's actually dictating your future. You're letting fear plan out your future. You're making decisions about the rest of your life based upon fear. I believe that's happening tonight. So maybe fear has been telling you not to be generous with your finances. Maybe you haven't started tithing or giving. And maybe the feed one offering came around and you felt a number dropped in your head and you're like, I'm supposed to give 10 bucks or whatever. But then fear started to come and you're like, if I don't have that 10 bucks, I can't go to McDonald's after Chi Alpha, so I can't give that. Yeah, I'm kidding about that. Hopefully that wasn't what happened. But, but it could be anything, right? Like you're thinking, okay, God can't provide for me, so I need to hoard this money and not give it. Or maybe fear is telling you not to go to Winter Conference. I'm not saying this to like get you to go, okay? So just hear me. I'm just saying I've worked with students for long enough to know that sometimes fear keeps you from doing the things that God is asking you to do. You're afraid. Hey, what's it going to be like? Hey, am I going to have to sleep next to that person who has BO? You know, whatever. I'm, that was a joke again. It's okay to laugh. But the point is, if you're afraid of what might happen if you go to Winter Conference. Like, wow, I'm going to have to give up three days. I'm not going to be able to, to do homework or play 14 hours of video games. What am I going to do? I'm going to have to sit in services. Daniel already preaches so long. I can't do that for three days, listen to other people preach for so long. I can't do that. <laughs> maybe fear has been telling you not to go. I don't know. Or maybe God's been asking you to change your major, and you're afraid that if you change your major, then you won't make the money that you want to make, or you won't. Or maybe, you're, or maybe you've told your parents your whole life that you'll do the certain major, like the one you're in, or they've wanted you to do it, and you're afraid if you change your major, you're going to disappoint your parents. Like maybe you're not going to go into the career that they had and it's going to disappoint them. And fear is driving your decision-making in that area. Or maybe, and this one might get personal, so you ready? Can you handle it? Is it okay if I say this? Okay, you don't know what I'm going to say, so you can't really say yes. But uh, So maybe fear is telling, or telling you not to break up with your boyfriend or girlfriend. And Jesus has been asking you to do that for a long time and you're not doing it because fear is saying, you can't live without that person. Like they've been your whole world for so long, you can't live without that person. You just can't imagine your life without that person. And tonight Jesus is saying, if you just trust me, if you just take me by the hand, I'll take you into a way better life than you ever had with that person. Or maybe fear is telling you that you can't wake up early enough in the morning to spend time with Jesus because you're afraid that you'll be too tired throughout the rest of the day. Like how can I go to my classes if I get up at seven? You know, I'm gonna be way too tired or get up at six, whatever. But tonight, Jesus is saying, hey, if you get up early, I'll take care of you throughout the day. If you spend time with me, if you put me first, I'll take care of you throughout the day. Or, and I think this is my favorite one, it's the last one, okay? So maybe fear is telling you that you can't give up video games or give up some activity that you like to do that consumes your time because you don't trust that Jesus can be your delight and your pleasure. And you think you need the video games to have delight and pleasure. Or you think you need that activity to have pleasure. And Jesus says, I want to be your pleasure. I want to be your delight. I want to be the thing you focus on all day long. So maybe tonight, fear is telling you not to do something that Jesus is asking you to do. And I'm telling you, if you take Jesus by the hand and you trust him, there's nothing better. There's no better life than trusting and obeying Jesus. In his presence, there's no reason to fear.
There's no reason to fear, okay? So there are so many fears that we bring in here tonight that are preventing us from being the person that God has called us to be or, or to do the things that God has called us to do. And I just have a question for you tonight. What would it look like as a community? So I'm not just saying one of us. I'm saying the whole community. What would it look like if we said fear has no place in our decision-making? As a community, we're not going to allow fear to have any role in our decision-making. Instead, we're going to let Jesus' voice completely dictate our decision-making. You know, like I said earlier, I just think if, if we did that, I think hell would have no hold on our community. I think hell would have no hold on this campus. I think we would see the kingdom come. God is looking for a generation of people who are full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit, full of boldness, who will do what Jesus is asking them to do. He's looking for a generation of people who say no to fear and yes to him every single time. All right, guys, stand with me. We're going to close. So, you know, maybe you came in here tonight and we're talking about fear and you're like, yeah, that's really great. But, but the fear that you have right now is you're not sure if you're right with God. Maybe you did some stuff over break. You're like, dang, I don't know if, if I'm actually right with Jesus tonight. You know, maybe you once had a relationship with him and you walked away, or maybe you've never had a relationship with God. And I would be remiss when I'm talking about fear if I don't give you a chance to experience eternal life, if I don't give you a chance to come into relationship with Jesus, if I don't give you a chance to have Jesus step into the boat of your life. Okay, so the Bible says that to be saved, all we have to do is confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. All we have to do is trust that Jesus came, he lived the perfect life, he died the death that each of us should have died for our sins, and then he rose from the grave. If we trust in this Jesus, he'll save us. He'll save us from ourselves. He'll save us from sin. He'll save us from death. He'll save us from life without God. Okay, so I want to give you a chance to put your faith in Jesus tonight. So if you'd bow your heads and close your eyes. If that spoke to you, if you want to put your trust in Jesus tonight, if you want to invite him into the boat of your life, so I'm going to count to three, and when I do, I just want you to slip up your hand so I can pray for you. Okay, so one, two, three. Slip them up all across this room. See that hand? I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. There's a lot of hands going up. All right, you can put them down. I'm going to just pray for you briefly and just pray something in your heart. Just pray a prayer of trust and of putting your faith in Jesus in your heart. So Jesus, tonight we come to you. And God, we just put our trust in you. We ask you to save us. We ask you to completely change us, God, to make us a new creation. And Jesus, we invite you into the boat of our lives. And God, we say tonight that you're our Lord, that you're our master, and we want to follow you. In Jesus' name. All right, and the second way to respond tonight is if you're just feeling compelled and saying, I want to say no to fear, and I want to say yes to God, I want you to lift your hands to heaven. We're going to worship. We're going to sing whole heart one more time. And I want you just to just worship Jesus and say, Jesus, let your love come in my heart and drive out fear. All right, let's worship.